Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Melissa, how are you doing today? I am pretty good. How are you? I'm doing okay, good. <laughs> it is super nice out, which is great. I just haven't really been able to go outside. So not enjoying it yet, but hopefully a little later. And one thing I just realized, I think I'm allowed to talk about now on here. Yeah. Is something exciting is launching at ConvertKit as I'm talking about this. Mm-hmm. And once this episode is out, you all will know about it. But we are launching the creator network, specifically the waitlist for that feature. So if you don't know about it, go check it out. I don't have the URL off the top of my head, but it will definitely be in the show notes. And I'm sure if you Google ConvertKit Creator Network, you will find it. I'm so excited about that. I've been watching it get like slowly released and seeing the feedback already from creators who are seeing list growth after like two days is just so exciting. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, we launched the post subscription recommendations feature, which is where if you have this enabled and you want to recommend other creators, whenever someone signs up for your email list, a pop-up will appear and recommend the creators you've selected and someone can subscribe to them too with just one click. And that means people can add you to their their recommendations as well. I was lucky enough to have Nathan recommend my newsletter on his pop-up and it's crazy the results. My list grew by like 40% or something. Um, I think it's higher than that now, but basically like a fourth of my subscribers came from so awesome. Nathan's recommendation. Yeah. So I'm just really excited to see how this helps creators with their list growth because that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it all goes too, especially for um, newer creators. Like I think this is really encouraging. So I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait to see what it does. So go check that out. If you don't know about it already, get on the wait list. There are things you can do to like move up to the top of the wait list. So be sure to, to look into all that. And Melissa, I know you said you're doing good, but you also said you didn't sleep very good last night. So yeah, it's going to (laughs) be, I'm going to do my best to form proper sentences during this episode, but yeah, we both were just talking about how I had to run to UPS earlier to take a package back. And there's a Starbucks over there. And I was like, you know, no. What? I know. I don't know what I was thinking. You should have done it. I would have sent you a gift card <laughs> if I knew. I actually, well, that's the worst part. I have two gift cards in my car from Christmas that I still haven't even used all of wow. yet, which is just amazing. So so yeah, we'll see how, how it goes. Hopefully I'm entertaining enough. <laughs> You'll do great. Sometimes being delirious is even better. That's true. For entertainment, you know, purposes. Sometimes it's funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Who knows what you'll say? Yeah. This is some clickbait. Use this in our like teaser video. Who knows what Melissa's going to say? <laughs> oh, no. She's wild. <laughs> She's wild. We'll see. Well, do you want to intro the episode today? What are we talking about? Sure. Yeah. We're going to talk about something that I actually think is really fun to talk about, which is email horror stories. And this is an interesting topic because I think what makes it interesting to me anyways, is that according to, I can never say this, Statista, 
I think that's how you say it. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. They have a lot of statistics. Obviously, that's... (laughs) (laughs) They better with a name like that. Yeah, here starts the delirium. (laughs) But anyways, they were just saying in 2022, there were over 333 billion emails sent every single day, which is a, a lot. And... Yeah. I mean, I just think about like all of the things that can go wrong, I guess, from like a deliverability person's lens. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of emails and a lot of things can happen in between that. Like, I don't know. I have, I talk to creators every day and it's just, it sounds so easy to click a button. Well, it it should be that way too. You know, like through ConvertKit, it should be easy to create an email, click a button and have the email sent. But you and I both know all the things that are going on, you know, above our heads, like whizzing through the internet. (laughs) So I thought it would be fun to kind of just talk about things that we've either experienced as subscribers or things we've experienced as deliverability experts, stories we've seen other people tell about like all the things that can go wrong in email. And some of this is to not to scare you like when you go to press the send button, but more to just like a friendly reminder that people make mistakes. And sometimes they're not always the mistakes that you make. Maybe there are mistakes that you don't have control over. We'll talk about that. But yeah, so I just thought it'd be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun mix of some storytelling from our end of what Mm -hmm. we've seen. And then also some good tips for what you can do to try and reduce a big email mistake from happening on your end. Yeah. Well, I thought we could kind of like both share, like if someone says email horror stories, like where does your mind go to first? Because I know I have my perspective, but I think it's probably different for everyone based on the experience that they have in email. So that's kind of where I wanted to like the jump in point for us. Yeah. In my mind, just because, you know, working in deliverability and when I think of like an email horror story, I think of the senders I've worked with who go to send their email, it's a normal day and they all go to the spam folder. To me, that's like... That is a horror story. (laughs) (laughs) One of the scariest things. But I know, you know, there are all sorts of other examples of like getting an email from VRBO or Verbo, however you want to say it. I like VRBO better, but... um, Me too. Yeah. (laughs) And it'll say like no subject, you know, in the subject line and then the email's blank. So stuff like that is obviously... That's probably like an email marketer's mm-hmm. version of the horror story, which we will definitely talk about some. But from where I sit in email, I always just jump to like anything deliverability related as being mm-hmm. so scary. Yeah, that makes sense. I I feel like I always go to like grammar mm. just because people get really... There's just... It's actually amazing how many things can go wrong when you're not as like an email marketer where you're not thinking through your verbiage, like it's actually kind of scary. Yeah. And there have been, I mean, so many different companies that have caused themselves some PR issues because they did not think through. I just thought of another good one. Sorry. Keep yeah, talking. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. There are some that I don't even think that are really necessarily appropriate to even talk about on here. I might be talking about one of the things you said is not appropriate. (laughs) It might be. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. And just also, I guess this is kind of a deliverability perspective, but like, you know, in the past, we've talked about how important it is to test your emails and you want to be careful with testing too, because people have accidentally sent their tests to their whole list Mm -hmm. and that's not good either. So yeah, there's all kinds of things like that that my mind goes towards, but I have a very funny one that has almost happened to me and I'll just kind of start us off with that. But ConvertKit surprisingly can be changed to something that you wouldn't want to send to people. And oftentimes I have accidentally removed the K and added a T and it's just not a good... (laughs) 
I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. And I was like, oh, what? yeah, I don't know. It's like the way I type, I guess, like how my finger goes to those letters. But I guess I'm just type, you know, how fast I type. So it's like, yeah, you do type so fast. It's crazy. So that's just a very small example of a typo that is truly so unintentional that could cause, it could just be embarrassing for you as a sender. So I don't know. Yeah. That's a really good one. I never would have thought about that typo. Um, yeah, it's not great. But that would be very unfortunate. <laughs> it would be very unfortunate. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. The first one that came to my mind was something I tweeted about a while ago because I just thought it was so... It was just like the perfect accident, mm-hmm. but mistake. It was... I bought the webcam I'm currently using from Logitech. Oh, yeah. Um, Logitech Brio. I, I think I recommend it. It's okay. But anyways, I bought it directly from them. And then they sent me, you know, some sort of follow-up email. And the sending email address that it came from was do not reply at buy.logitech.com. But that do not reply section is so long, Gmail shortened yeah. it. <laughs> so the way it looks in your inbox, <laughs> and I have a screenshot you all can't see, but it, it's on my Twitter, you know, from who knows how long ago. But it literally says the email came from do not at buy.logitech.com. Do not buy Logitech. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's saying in my box. Like do not buy Logitech. And that came from Logitech. So I thought Mm -hmm. that was pretty funny. I don't know if they know about that mistake, but that's another good reason not to use those, you know, like no reply at email addresses, not usually a good idea. And that's just one example of it not being Mm -hmm. a great fit. Yeah. When I was kind of, I was sort of looking for any stories I could find on the internet about people's it's kind of hard to find because I don't think a lot of people like to admit that they messed up in an email that was sent to thousands of people. But there were a few that I could find about shortened preview text that were like, Ooh, yeah, where it, it said an inappropriate word. And they got so many responses of people that were like, I can't believe, you know, I think people for some reason thought it was legit. Right. Clearly it was a mistake. Like, I think you can kind of tell, but it was just really bad. And that's one of those examples of, even if you have the best intention, like you have to be careful with like preview text being shortened, yep, the email being shortened. That's just, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you want to give us a little story time about what happened to us on, I believe it was Thanksgiving morning this past year? Yeah, this is a good example of something that like a deliverability person has to deal with, you know, on a daily basis. And it's, we're on the clock pretty much year round. Like we're always having to check to make sure systems are healthy and in a good place. So I woke up on Thanksgiving this year or this last year, and I just went and looked at our delivery rate and the delivery rate, it had dropped and I was panicking. And so I'm like, it's Thanksgiving. I don't want to like raise the alarm unless there's something really big going on. And so I did a little digging and it said that we had been blocklisted by Spam House, which if you all have been following our yeah. <laughs> our podcast, like Spam House is a very serious blocklist that can really impact your delivery. And so I was like messaging Alyssa frantically and I was like, how did this happen? How is this happening? And this is our biggest yes. email sending time of the year. Like Melissa and I are freaking out, hoping that, you know, all Black Friday, Cyber Monday emails go perfectly. Like this is our Super Bowl. You know, our family's eating turkey and we're on the computer kind of thing. And so to wake up to all sorts of bounces that say spam house is the issue is absolutely like terrifying. The things that keep us up at night. So um, yeah, you want to tell everybody what happened next? 
I did a lot of digging and I was so confused as to why, because every time I would go in to look at, to like delist RIP addresses, it said that they weren't listed. And so I was like, something is going on. And I had a feeling. And now that I've been, I've had a couple experiences lately where something happened like technically and it wasn't our fault. And so now I'm starting to recognize those patterns of like, oh, I'm not crazy. Mm. But that's what kind of what happened with Spam House is that they had had some technical issue that caused a bunch of, I guess, like false positives. Yeah. And, you know, we found out through some deliverability channel that that was the case, but it was in the moment I was like frantically trying to solve a problem. And that was a horror story for sure, because it was on, it was on Thanksgiving (laughs) and we were just like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Yeah. But luckily, you know, Spam House like fixed it really quickly and everything was good again. It wasn't a big deal. And again, like you said, like ConvertKit didn't do anything wrong. It was happening across all the ESPs. Mm -hmm. So that's how we were able to know. Like we have friends at other ESPs that tell us things. So it all worked out, but that was like a scary (laughs) moment. And that's one of those, those examples of like, I try not to scare people or like when I talk to customers who are moving to a new ESP or just have like general deliverability questions, like there's so much of deliverability that is not under one person's control. So this was a really good example of like, let's say you're a sender and you notice you had a really high bounce rate that day. Like, it's great that we have resources for you to reach out to a deliverability team and like get more context. But if I was a sender and I had seen bounces like that, like I would have definitely been panicking because it was about to be like Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Mm -hmm. And that's just a, again, like a good reminder that it's not always something that you did or your ESP did. Like there's a lot of stuff out there that's affecting deliverability in all different ways, which is just really interesting. Yeah, so true. Things that nobody would ever think about, but it's like your email has to touch so many different like Mm -hmm. hands, you know, whatever, or go through so many different parties to actually get to the inbox. Mm -hmm. And there's like a million things that could go wrong. And not all of them are in your control or your ESP's control. So it's just amazing. We actually have another example of that from recently. Oh, do you remember which one? Oh gosh, I probably blocked it out. <laughs> Baby. It was the hotmail. Oh yeah. Like the all the emails. There was a recently there was a bunch of all emails were being delivered to the inbox at Hotmail. And so people were marking emails as spam because they were in the wrong folder, is my understanding of what happened. And so some creators saw a pretty big increase of complaints, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't their fault. They weren't sending spam necessarily. And so we saw like this really weird just feedback from Hotmail. And it turns out they just had some kind of a filtering issue. So that's just another example of like something that caused us to kind of pause Mm -hmm. and be like, what is going on? And we had to do some digging. And then again, through those deliverability channels found out that Hotmail had some kind of technical issue on their end again. So that was interesting. Yeah, that one was super weird. And it only impacted like a handful of creators, but it's, I think it was sort of creators who hadn't cleaned their list in a while. And so there were certain subscribers who typically they haven't been cleaned out in a while and their messages have been going to the spam folder for a really long time. And those creators hadn't cleaned out those subscribers from their list. So as soon as Hotmail's filters messed up, Hotmail started sending those messages back to the inbox. And those people were like, what is this? I haven't opened these messages in forever. And then they marked it as spam. So that one was a really weird scenario. But yes, it like all stemmed from Hotmail having an outage on their spam filters. I will get into a kind of funny 
story. And it's been so long that I don't remember all the details fully, but it was a Sunday morning. I remember that because I was like relaxing on the couch and I got a Slack notification from Nathan Barry, which, you know, is like, <laughs> I love hearing from Nathan, but sometimes when you have a ping from Nathan <laughs> on the weekend, you're like, something's not, Ooh, something's not right. Something's not going well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's like, Hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger is having deliverability issues, which is kind of a big deal. You know, you don't want Arnold Schwarzenegger to have deliverability issues. Um, he had just started sending out his newsletter and there was a bunch of hype around it. Like, I don't know if, you know, any of you guys follow him on Twitter, but people talk about his newsletter a lot. It's very, very popular. So I'm, you know, kind of panicked. I'm like, okay, we got to help Arnold. (laughs) This is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And dug in, looked into it. And it ended up being like, actually, luckily a pretty quick fix. Gmail had, by the time I was on it, I probably was digging into it like five hours after they sent the message because I think they had it automatically send in the really early morning. By the time I was testing things out, Gmail had already started sending their emails back to the inbox. They had just gone a really long time without sending to their list. And so at first, Gmail was like, "Mm, I don't know about this. Send to spam because I don't, I just don't trust you yet. But I think so many people, you know, love Arnold had marked it as not spam that Gmail was like, oh, okay, you're good. So their messages went right back to the inbox once they started sending again. And luckily, like they've sent really consistently ever since. But it was just so strange to be helping Arnold Schwarzenegger's team with email, an email issue. And then to I was like refreshing Twitter because I was trying to see like, what are people saying? Who got it in spam? Because a lot of people were writing to them saying my message went to spam. And Arnold himself, I don't know if it was him, but Arnold's account was tweeting about it. Yeah. And it was just so weird. He was like tweeting memes. (laughs) I'm not going to do an impersonation, <laughs> but it said like, get to the inbox now and instead of get to the chopper now, which is like his famous saying. That's so funny. And like memes about him and the email deliverability. And I was just like, this is so strange. It's so funny. But I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That just like doesn't happen. But yeah, I feel like when anything <laughs> happens in deliverability, we're like, oh, this is so exciting because it's just very, for most people, it's not that exciting. Yeah. I think that's been like over a year and he has had a no issue since he's doing great. But um, that was just a really weird day in the life of a deliverability person. Mm-hmm. And kind of as a good example of like some little weekend fires we have to put out every now and then knock on wood, it's been a really long time, but um, things come up. And I'm really glad that Gmail reversed mm-hmm. their decision on him really quickly once they saw everybody really wanted to receive those emails. Yeah, it's the hardest part is that we always say for the most part, like senders, it's a lot of it's up to senders to, you know, keep their list clean and send consistently and all these things. And then, but a lot of it's also up to your subscribers too, and like their behavior. So, and then there's like, we just said, there's also things that are out of your control completely. So (laughs) sometimes it is really hard to know. I think we've talked about that before on other episodes that like the worst thing you can do in a deliverability, not even blunder, but like situation where you're something's wrong is to panic because it would be very easy in that scenario to be like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe I'm having authentication issues. I should go change things there. Yeah. And that's just going to cause a whole nother set of problems. So that's, I think that's a good example of hopefully you're at an ESP where you, if you're not at ConvertKit, hopefully you're somewhere where you trust that they have a deliverability team who can relay information that's understandable to you. And you're able to get help for those kinds of problems because sometimes it's not your fault. And I would want someone to tell me that in a way that made sense for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
The other example I had thought of, which is just a fun story time. There's not really anything to be learned from this. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have anything to learn from this really. But the previous ESP that I worked for, a message got sent out of our ESP from someone using it that went viral. It was so bad. <laughs> and I don't know if you all heard about it. I even just Googled it to see. And like the first thing that came up was an article from the Today Show about it. So oh my gosh. it was crazy. And it was crazy to be manning the like compliance, you know, abuse at email address when this email went out because people were very upset. So the chef, Mario Batali, he had been accused of some sexual misconduct and he sent out an apology email to his email list. And after, you know, his like long email apology, he was like, and here is a recipe for some cinnamon rolls and like had this whole thing about cinnamon rolls and linked a recipe. And <laughs> it was just, like not a great look to be linking cinnamon rolls in, in an email where you're apologizing for things you've done in the past. So that just like, I don't know, went viral. I was just looking at the article. What a mess. Let's see. Yeah. He said, as many of you know, this week there has been some news coverage about my past behavior. I've made many mistakes. I'm so very sorry. Blah, 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 blah. My behavior is wrong. There are no excuses. I take full responsibility. And then it like, I don't know if there was much more in between that. And then it, it says, sharing the joys of Italian food, tradition, and hospitality with all of you each week is an honor and privilege. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. This is the next paragraph. So he's like saying, without the support of you, blah, 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 I will work every day to regain your re respect and trust. P.S. In case you're searching for a holiday-inspired breakfast, these pizza dough cinnamon rolls are a fan favorite. Oh, my God. And <laughs> went on to talk about seven rolls, which is just so there are like so many tweets about it. It just really went viral. And yeah, I was working at the place where he's, you know, he used our platform to send that message. Sent the email. Yeah. Yeah. Spam complaints, all of that. That was fun. It's so interesting to think about. And I, because we're not sending as much mail as some other ESPs, we're a little smaller, but to think about the crossover of situations like that, like that to think about how something like that could impact what we do for work is so interesting to me because it's, yeah I don't know, like content compliance, like you're saying, it's part of the job that we don't like really talk about as publicly because that's something that we hold a little bit closer. Yeah. It's something we, we have to hold closer is for like security reasons and all of that. But yeah, it's interesting when like world events happen or when situations like this happen, like that could impact us. And it's, yeah, it's kind of like, Ooh. I, yeah. It was strange. That's a little scary. It's strange when anything that you're like kind of working on or whatever mm -hmm. it goes viral, you know, in any way. So that was, that was a weird one for sure. That is odd. It's been a while. I forgot all about that until we started recording this, but those are some examples of horror stories. Some maybe you can relate to or learn mm -hmm. from others. You're just like, wow, that's a crazy story. Yeah. But I think we have some good like ideas on how you can avoid and mm -hmm. email a horror story of your own. So the first thing, of course, is testing. And I'm actually talking to myself here because I've gotten to the point where I'm so used to sending my newsletter and I'm in a rush usually that I like I think for the last one I wrote, I didn't send a test to myself. But now that we're recording this and I'm retelling these stories, mm -hmm. I'm like, I've got to do that. That's so silly. It takes a minute. And who knows? My preview text could have said something ridiculous and I have no idea. Yeah. So always send yourself a test. One note that we've said before, 
sending a test to the same email address that you're sending the message from might cause some weirdness. Mm -hmm. I know when I do that, Gmail like always has a warning at the top of the message and is like, we're not sure about this. This seems suspicious. And then a lot of people write in us and they're like, something's wrong with my deliverability. And we have to explain like that banner is just because the sending email and the two, the receiving email are the same and that freaks Gmail out. So all that to say, I like testing personally to like a separate Gmail address just to get a better view of how it will look for my subscribers. So that's one thing I recommend doing. Yeah, I think that's a good call when you become so used to sending. It's almost like a robotic feeling because it's become a normal for you. Another example that I saw someone post about like preview or testing, I mean, was they were doing like an A-B test to test different subject lines. And one of them, they were using two different companies and they put the wrong company name with the wrong email. And it ended up sending like, it was confusing because it wasn't the correct company with the right content. And so that's, you know, like somehow they ended up saying like, we just used the wrong details in the email. And if they had maybe tested before that, they may have realized that it wasn't the right company name or, you know, whatever. So there's all kinds of things like that where I feel like it just becomes robotic and then you add information in and you're like, yeah, this is right. And mm-hmm. and if you're not paying attention to the test also, like maybe get another pair of eyes who hasn't been looking at it all day. Because as we all yeah. know, like from school and stuff, you know, you can read your, your own paper three times through and you'll never see like the one thing that's missing. I think it's kind of similar with creating an email and sending an email. So... Definitely. And if you're like, I don't know anyone who would do that for me, maybe you and another creator can team up. Like Mm -hmm. they need the same thing too. So try and find someone else who does something similar to you or they have an email newsletter and be like, hey, do you want to like be copywriting buddies or whatever it is? And you all send each other tests of your emails you're about to send out and look at them for each other. Yep. That's a good one. Subject lines, like I just mentioned, testing those. I This was the example that I, I still don't even really want to talk about. I just don't think it's super appropriate. But a company had something happen. They sent out an email. And it was the way that it seemed to be worded really contradicted the event that happened at the company. That was a really serious event and really tragic. Mm. And so they were very... What's it's it came across very insensitive and just like this kind of goes back to the whole like PR thing too of thinking through what you send. And this could be for, you know, any scenario. This could be for holidays, like to think about your empathy and emails for holidays or, you know, any other type of I'm trying to think of other things, like like Mother's Day or holidays where people have a lot of feelings for all different kinds of reasons and just learning to be sensitive. I think that's something, you know, we say all the time. I know it's like a broken record, but there's someone on the other side of the email address. And so in this example that I was trying to give, like the company just totally missed the mark. Like they, they sent a subject line that was just like, it was to the point where you were like, was this done on purpose from someone who was like angry with the company? And so, yeah, yeah, it's you should just never be too careful when you're thinking through like how you want to approach your audience. Like those subject lines, I think a lot of times, a lot of emails from especially like larger companies and corporations, like they're pretty straightforward and trying to get your attention. But I think you can kind of go too far with those sometimes. Yeah, that just reminded me a similar thing just happened. And it made the news in Nashville because it was where I went to school, Vanderbilt University. Mm. I don't know if it went any further than that, like the local news. but um, And it's not subject line necessarily, but 
someone at the university, like a dean or someone, sent out an email about a recent like mass shooting that happened at another college Mm -hmm. to kind of like tell the college uh, Vanderbilt like, you know, like mourning together over that and Mm -hmm. safety and all sorts of things. So it was supposed to be like a really somber, heartfelt message to help students, you know, process, like grieve, but also, Mm -hmm. yeah, process all that. So they, after the long message at the bottom of the email, it said written with chat GPT. Oh no. Yeah. No. (laughs) So (laughs) they got a lot of backlash for that, obviously. So like, I've written this really serious, sad email that was supposed to be heartfelt. And then it was like, oh, by the way, I wrote this with AI. Oh, no. So not a good look. If you're going to no. use chat GPT in a situation like that, just don't. Don't tell people. Oh, yeah. Pretend you did it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, don't do that. But Don't do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. Not great. Not great. Yeah. So they had to apologize, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I just think it's very easy to become so caught up in I need to get this email sent out. Like it needs to go out next week or it needs to go out tomorrow and to not think through those kinds of things. So, and like I said, for all of the billions of emails sent every single day, like it's shocking to me. We don't hear more of this from larger companies, especially because I just think about the kind of content they have to produce ahead of time. So then I'm sure it'd be really interesting to work and I personally have no desire to, but it would be really interesting to be behind the scenes and like, when world events happen or when things happen, like you have to constantly adjust your content and make sure Mm -hmm. that you're like reading the room because that's important. Yeah. And so, you know, think about how far ahead these larger companies are creating content and then they very quickly have to pivot if something happens, whether it's to their company or like I said, you know, national news or whatever. So I think that's a time where you have to be even more careful. So this doesn't apply to like everyone. Obviously this could be like larger, larger senders, but it's still something to think about. Yep. For sure. And one note, I think I've said it before, and I'm really not trying to just like plug ConvertKit, but I do think it's a great feature to know about Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. if you're on our pro plan, I think the maybe the favorite feature, if not one of the top favorite features that creators have is you can change the links in your emails after you send the message. So if you do have that situation, I think a lot of us have run into where you send an email and then someone writes back and says, hey, I tried to click the link mm-hmm. and it doesn't work or it takes me somewhere totally different. Especially when you know you have like a call to action, you're trying to get everyone to do this one thing and the link is incorrect. Like that's, I mean, if you don't have that feature that completely ruins mm-hmm. the message, you have to do a recent, it's just not fun. So yep. if you have the pro plan, as soon as you get feedback or you figure out that's the case, you can go and change the URL destination and it will actually update in everyone's inboxes that's, that have already received the email. So that's super cool. If you're really nervous about making that mistake, go <laughs> get the pro plan. Yeah. That's a great call out. Well, this was fun little story time. I hope that no one listening to this has any email horror stories. And I hope that we can help you avoid anything like that. But if you do have a really good story and you yeah. feel comfortable sharing, you can always say it was someone else. You don't have to say it was you. We'd love to hear it. And if you're comfortable, we can share it on another episode. It's just, yeah, good learning mm-hmm. lesson stuff. Yeah, that would be fun. So do that. Yeah. Also, I don't think we've made a note of it on this podcast. If you are going to the Craft in Commerce mm. conference, Melissa and I, I think we'll both be there. Yep. I'm planning on it. Yeah. That's so exciting. I know. So come hang out with us. One or both of us might be speaking. I don't know. <laughs> Probably just one. And that one person is Alyssa. 
just kidding. Oh gosh, we'll see. But either way, you can definitely hang out with us, talk to us. We would love to see you all there. I have loved thinking about a live podcast, but we'll see. I don't know. Mm -hmm. If you think that would be fun, if you would come to a live podcast, let us know because that will help me decide whether we should do that or not. (laughs) That'd be fun. I would love to do like a live Q&A to answer, you know, audience questions or something. That would be awesome. I feel like I didn't get to talk a lot about deliverability the last time I was at Craft & Commerce. So I'm really excited for this year and that you're going to be there and... Yeah. And hopefully meet some of you if you're listening and decide to come. I think I mentioned this before, but it's in my hometown of Boise, Idaho. So if you haven't been, it's a really cool city to visit and we'll have a lot of fun. Yes. I believe it starts June 8th. Yes. I think that's right. I'm like pretty positive, but I'm yeah. going to pull it up. I have it right here. It's conference.convertkit.com if you need to look it up and it's June 8th through 10th. So let us know if you're going to be there and let us know if you want us to do a live podcast. Cool. And if you don't know how to get a hold of us, we have a form at convertkit.com slash deliverability. I'm also totally fine with you emailing me. So my email is Alyssa at convertkit.com. So feel free to reach out anytime. And you only have to change like a couple letters. Mine's Melissa <laughs> at convertkit.com. So yeah, in case anyone yeah, wants to reach out. Cool. Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.